our teachers are busy. They don't have time to be data scientists. They need information at their fingertips in real time to help their students succeed. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Morales. And I'm Emily Kotecki. This is Ideate, Rethinking Data and AI in Education, a monthly podcast where we talk with leaders in the field about how they foster innovation through data and AI. Today, we are very excited to talk about data interoperability and how we work to connect the data from various educational systems and bring this data together to provide more insights for our educators and ultimately drive outcomes for our students and faculty. We're thrilled to have Troy Wheeler with us, who is the president of the EdFi Alliance. Thank you, Troy, for being here. Appreciate y'all having me. No, our pleasure. So we are going to be diving into EdFi's technology here in a minute, but let's begin with uh, maybe a scenario. Let's say, so if I work for a Department of Education, State Department of Education, that doesn't have a data strategy or really hasn't uh, maybe evolved or refined that strategy and, and the, the technologies that they have to support that initiative, how would I go about collecting this data for student engagement and teacher performance and so forth? How would I report it? Well, where, where do I start? Yeah, thanks, Jason and Emily. Um, so I guess just to reiterate quickly, EdFi is a, is a philanthropically funded initiative um, with a, a fundamental principle, which is we believe that um, good data, timely, in the hands of a great teacher can change the trajectory of a student's life. So, so we exist solely to, to work around on that principle and, and around that. And so when I think back to um, the scenario you just described, um, traditionally it's been basically a glorified version of Excel, which you know, may have served a, a purpose in its time. So, so as, a, as an example, a, um, uh, an assessment might be given and those results would be distributed to schools and then the, the school distributed to the classroom. Um, and at least when I was a state CIO, um, the time in between which the test was administered and the results were actually in parents' hands um, was sometimes six months or more, which actually meant that um, the student had moved on to the next grade by the time that we could um, actually have some results in our hands uh, to make decisions about. And so, and so you know, those things are, are pretty useless. And so in a world of um, fast moving, instant digital, you know, data um, flowing around the internet and other places, um, that model just doesn't serve students anymore. And, and it's still quite prevalent um, across the education ecosystem. So Troy, now I wanna flip that scenario that Jason asked about. And I'm curious about what does it look like in a state that does have a data strategy or uses EdFi when they're collecting and reporting data? I'll pick on our friends in Arizona as an example. When the pandemic hit, um, because they use EdFi, which delivers real-time data, um, it's secure um, and um, you know only only available to those that that really have the right and the access to to the information. But um, 
our friends in Arizona were able to deliver, I think it was 50,000 um, public assistance cards in real t- through the use of real-time data in a matter of days um, during the, at the height of the crisis. Um, and we have other states that just weren't, weren't able to be that nimble nor that accurate in their um, allocation of those dollars. And so um, many of those states, and they're all on a journey, there's a spectrum of folks. And as an example, our friends in Wisconsin are able to, um, in real time, uh, basically register or unregister if students students are constantly enrolling in a school or disenrolling in a school because they're moving or you know they they they're um, uh, move in and out of a school district or they change schools and so um, places like Wisconsin they have that real time information that that moves with the student um, basically nearly instantaneously and they can do an assessment that assessment round trip that I described before happens in a matter of uh, hours and minutes, not, you know, weeks, months, and in some cases a year. Yeah, this is one of the things that I really love about talking with you, Troy, uh, regarding this EdFi Alliance. Many moons ago, I attended a conference for NCES, the National Center of Education Statistics. And I think it was maybe even the first time EdFi was presented at this um, conference. And and now here we are. I, and, and I guess my impression then about how you were serving these states and how you were serving the industry was really that it was administrative, I hate to say it, but that you were serving a function that was back office. But what I really love about the examples you share is that you never fail to have the goal in mind or the, the, the real purpose and outcomes you're driving in mind. You're always really referring to these scenarios that directly impact the students or directly impact the teachers. And how is that the case? When you're serving a statewide institution, like who has access to this data? How, how far does uh, the solution that you're helping to serve reach? Yeah, let's go back to that spreadsheet example. So in a world where, and this is literally um, has been the case in the past, and I think um, agencies and school districts are getting much more savvy and much better. It's, it's improved greatly over the last 10 years, but there was a time when folks were emailing spreadsheets of student data around. That was the common practice. You would literally email them to your contact and they would forward them on to you know, the central office of the district or the state or whatever as part of their either compliance reporting or funding formula, et cetera. Um, And so in modernizing, um, in a push for modernization of state and, and school district infrastructure, moving to a much more controlled and real-time environment in which um, human eyes actually don't ever really see the data, only the, those that are authorized as the end user of the data actually can effectively decrypt it and use it to make decisions and judgments on. And so it's it's our position that actually the students and parents own the data like and they um, effectively uh, trust and bestow the um stewardship of that data on the school district. And the school district is also responsible for protecting um, and and securing that. And then only allowing what's appropriate to pass on to, as an example, a state agency. And then there's even less data that goes to the federal government. And most of those are either um, around um, 
compliance, right? To make sure that, and some transparency about how the money is spent. As an example, the um, unprecedented amount of money we've seen injected into um, education and over the last couple of years during the pandemic comes with some strings. And so whenever public money is, is used, right? There has to be some transparency around how it got used and was it used well and all those kinds of things. And so EdFi focuses heavily on making sure that those controls are in place to make sure that just those who need to see the data uh, get to see it. And I, so I have to follow up because I'm yeah, kind yeah. of jumping out of my seat here. So are you saying now that you're even serving parents in certain states that, that your solution is, is reaching that far um, where, where the states, again, you're engaged with um, are able to support that level of engagement as well? We have seen some really interesting innovation. So maybe it's important to take a, take a small step back mm-hmm. on EdFi. So we operate like we, we effectively are an open source software community. And so for those that may or may not be familiar with that, um, our software is freely downloadable. It's licensed in an, under an open source license. And so um, folks can take that kind of kernel of software and build upon it. It's not the EdFi Alliance as an organization's job to, to uh, or even mission, right, to um, create all the solutions. It's actually, we look to the private sector to do that. We look to innovative government agencies to do that. We look to partners like Microsoft and others to help foster and push the uh, envelope on on those things. And so we see partners doing some really innovative things. So as an example, we saw um, one organization that took the advice software, the open source software, and built um, videos. I think it was in 13 languages. They delivered uh, assessment videos, just explaining how your student did on an assessment. I don't know about you, but I was reasonably good at math. And yet when I got some assessment results, it was pretty hard for me to interpret. And then if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who um, maybe wasn't quite as solid at math or English as a second language, it's even harder for for those folks to um, understand how their students are doing doing in school or on a a particular assessment. And so they had taken the EdFi software and built individual videos delivered to a cell phone, which we know for um, socioeconomically disadvantaged parents is probably the most reliable source of distribution of information. You can't count on the fact that they have access to a a laptop or whatever. And so they delivered real-time videos that went something like this. If your student was running in a race and they were finished in the top quartile as they did on this test, That means if 100 students started their race, they would have finished number 25. Like, congratulations, this is amazing. Um, And oh, by the way, um, the areas in which your student um, could use a little help are maybe it's division of fractions, right? And, And they would show like a little example of that. And then they would provide some supplemental materials that the parent and or student could go then try to fill in those gaps, right? And that was all done with the data, A, what did the student get right? And and understanding what um, uh, competencies were being tested for in the test. And then they would string these together using data, some AI, some machine learning on top of it, string together videos, and then they would deliver it in really um, 
lightweight, compact ways in 13 languages to a parent's smartphone. So to me, that can be life-changing for a family that probably needs the help the most. That is such an awesome example. And I'm wondering if you can tell us even a little bit more about the technology that powers or underlies EdFi and how do states adopt EdFi from a technical perspective? There's actually many technologies undergirding um, the EdFi community and the EdFi solutions um, for states, districts, and vendors. So um, at its core, uh, it's a data standard, right? So that's a, that's a common way to define um, the way we move data between systems to, to bring information to light. So, so that's just like a, almost like a blueprint, like here's the standard, here's a blueprint. Think about the barcode, like all those little lines have a very specific meaning. And when you put them in a sequence or a series, like um, uh, technology can read those and make sense of them, right? So that's one thing. So it's a data standard. Um, The education sector could use a little bit more than just a blueprint. And so we start to build actual tools that states and districts and vendors can take advantage of. Things like um, operational data stores or um, a less fancy word for that is simply a database. And so our community comes together and says, hey, um, if we were going to store something like Gradebook in a database, like what would the fields need to be? What would the columns and rows need to look like? What would the data, when we say Gradebook, like what's in a Gradebook and what's out of a Gradebook? And so the community comes together to define um, best practices for storage and definition. And and so we build a database, essentially a reference implementation of an EdFi database, if you will. And then even that isn't really all that exciting, right? So we have the the barcode, we have the standard, the blueprint, we now have a database. And for for states and districts um, to take advantage of that, um, they need to start to make meaning of that information. And so we use technologies from Microsoft and many other partners, open source, tons of open source tools. Um, and we, we build um, starter kits. So those are little sample use cases like, hey, if you have multiple assessments around a student, um, it might be nice to bring all those assessments into one um, place and try to figure out what students have mastered and not mastered. And so these are little... Um, software samples, if you will, that take the standard and the database and they build a little visualization on it. Yeah, it really sounds like there are multiple ways that users can leverage what EdFi offers and even for you to lower that barrier to entry to use EdFi through those starter kits that you mentioned. But I guess I imagine that beginning to adapt or adopting EdFi is not just a technical play, but it actually represents like a cultural shift or a change in mindset as well. So how does that aspect of adapting this play out in districts and states that you've seen? As a, as a wise mentor of mine once said, he said, Troy, it's never the technology. It's always people in process that, that, that makes this work hard. And uh, I found that to be true. It, it's a couple of things like this, the secret recipe that, that I've seen be successful um, time and time again is you have to have strong administrative leaders that understand that great information in real time in the hands of great teachers leads to positive outcomes for all students. Like a rising tide floats all boats. It needs to be done securely, needs to be done transparently and all those things. But 
I'll give you a little vignette. I, I met with a superintendent in a very rural town, and we had been um, working very hard to with their um, systems to put, put data in the hands of teachers, right? You might be surprised how hard it is for a teacher sometimes to find just an emergency contact. It, it, it's, um, it's there, but sometimes they have to dig for it. And so just surfacing those things in easy ways is, can be life-changing. We've literally had teachers say, oh, thank you for giving me my Sunday back. So I'm talking to the superintendent and um, they went from like lowest quartile of, of data engagement in our state um, to number one in the state. So I had to go find out how we did it. So I get in the car, I drive like five hours across the state. I sit down with him. I'm like, tell me how you did this. This is amazing. And he says, oh, Troy is very simple. And I'm like, I'm, I got my notebook out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready to take some notes. I'm full student mode. And he says, uh, I put it in all the principles evaluations that the data had to be accurate and input correctly. And uh, they called a meeting with all the registrars and all the assessment team. And so now my entire organization is really data focused because I made it important. It's important to me. He says, I recognize the importance it's important to them and maybe they don't see it that way yet, but they're, but they will once they see the value, this value, like we're in, in education, we're data rich, but information poor. And so there's a ton of data flowing around, right. But, but making meaning and information um, and making those uh, back to the whole parent assessment uh, video example, like that makes meaning. That's not just data. And so contextualizing the information um, turns data into information and information I can act on, data I can observe and look at. And our teachers are busy. They don't have time to be data scientists. They need information at their fingertips in real time to help their students succeed. It's interesting to me, it actually goes against common sense for many people who I talk to in this industry, peers. Everyone's wondering, what's your angle? What what are they, they, they can't help but think of you as a, a vendor yourselves almost, right? And I have to reinforce that no, EdFi Alliance is actually a nonprofit, it is a gift. It is a gift. It, it is provided, uh, providing a service, this alliance, to help lay that foundation that technology vendors, but more importantly, school districts, departments of education, and all of those uh, related institutions can build upon, and as you said earlier, really saves um, the lion's share of that economic burden. It, it, it lifts that and, and offers that foundation to build upon from which so many incredible things can happen. Now, with that said though, this topic of data governance is really at the top of mind in that realm of culture and the application of these technologies. And um, how does the EdFi Alliance then support these educational institutions? Like, do they have data governance councils or committees or are there playbooks? You know, the definitions as to what's on that dashboard. Um, while it would seem intuitively as though, oh, duh, everyone knows what that is. It's not always the case. There's a lot of details and nuance in that arena. So, so how does EdFi support this data governance need that is so pervasive in the world as we, as we advance 
our interest toward these data initiatives? Yeah, I, I don't know if everybody really understands what data governance is. I certainly didn't when I entered the sector. So the two examples that I were really um, vivid in my mind, one was I, I was I was asking a colleague, like, explaining this data governance thing. And she said to me, she said, well, Troy, um, if you're retained in college, that means you, you actually stuck around. You probably graduated. You just came back for another year. If you retained in second grade, you didn't do so hot, buddy. And, and you're going to stick around. You're going to do a victory lap in second grade. So she goes, that's the same data definition. Was a student retained? And it means completely opposite things depending on the context. And that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. Now I'm certain she dumbed it down. And those in data governance out there are saying, oh, Troy, that's, you know, like they may criticize that. But, but, but I think that just makes it very tangent. And then uh, later on in my life, my superintendent's testifying in front of the legislature. He texts me, says, Troy, how many free and reduced lunch students do we have? And I was like, I don't know that number off the top of my head, but I have a guy, his name's John. And I immediately ring, and you know, he's like in front of a committee, right? So I need the answer yesterday. So I get John, John's like, well, which answer do you want? I said, what do you mean what answer? Do I, there's either a number or not, I, there's a number, right? And he says, no, no, it's different in seven systems. He says, I can, I can find that number for you in seven systems right now. I'm very new to this role. I'm thinking my superintendent's on the hot seat here. He needs an answer. And I said, John, just give me whatever you think the best one is. So I sent the number over and uh, I had to go back and sit down with John. And I'm like, John, tell how is it we have seven? That seems like a very simple question. How many free and reduced lunch, free and reduced lunch students do we have in the state of what Idaho uh, on X date, right? Turned out it was a pretty complicated question. And so um as part of our work, we EdFi is also a community. So there's there's an entity, EdFi Alliance, I happen to be the president of. I have a team of folks that work in partnerships and that build help build the technology alongside the community. We do uh, events and conferences and convenings, but we're really um, we're really a community of folks getting together to help share the best practices and and learn from one another. And so. Um, one of the uh, ladies on my team leads uh, basically a state roundtable where they get together once a month and they share these kind of things. We do the same thing for districts. Um, and so we bring them together to learn from each other, not, not as much to learn from us, although we have some ideas and some opinions about what good data governance looks like. Um, you know, education is a very... Um, they look to their neighbors for ideas and, and um, solutions in many cases. And so EdFi spends a lot of time making that easy and elevating the best practices of data governance as an example. So in our technology and in, in the EdFi uh, data store, that's a real-time feed from your student information system and other, other systems. And so now you have a single source of the truth and not that seven systems that John pointed me to in the past, but you have one system that, that brings that information in, in nearly real time. And so while the number may be one number this morning, if you kids disenroll or move to another district or leave the state or whatever, like those numbers are changing all the time, but the, the most accurate answer will be a number and a timestamp, right? And, and so we can get to a place where we can have 
do that in real time. And we give that software away to any school district, state agency, regional service center, tech provider that, that wants to, wants to use it. Gosh, I love that story so much. And, and it does sort of baffle the mind when you first come into it to say, how could there be so many definitions? It's just simply, it sounds, you know, suspicious maybe, or something along these lines. And then, and then you look at the common scenario, we'll have teachers who are teaching at multiple school districts. They, they do part-time work at three different school districts. It was one person, but now three different places are accounting for that one person. So you don't want them to count that one person three times on one level. And yet each of them need to count that one person for their school. So there's way there's, there's so many factors that go in. And this is just, again, another scenario that, that contributes to how we make these decisions. And it's important to have key stakeholders who are helping to have oversight and contribute to way, the ways those definitions come about. And my understanding, again, is EdFi, along with providing um, interoperability platform and, and a, a system by which you can begin to unify your data, is also empowering those administrators, stakeholders to have a place to access that definition and, and then understand in, in a common way what they're working with. And last question or set of questions here, but... Um, your website says that EdFi has a shared pursuit of nationwide student data interoperability. And can you speak a little bit to what, what that means? Uh, what, what's exciting also about this goal? Yeah. Trying to make this real and, and more tangible and relatable for folks, right? Like, think about the barcode. Think about the world before the barcode. You walk into every grocery store and America these days, um, every package has a barcode on it and every scanner reads every barcode and it takes it out of inventory and charges you whatever it costs. Groceries more expensive these days, cost charges you more today than it did yesterday, right? For that, for that item. Um, but the barcode is you a ubiquitous standard, right? And so imagine the day, I don't know, I'm just old enough to remember the little orange sticky price tags they put on every apple or every piece of fruit or whatever. Um, the barcode revolutionized that industry. Now, it took them 30 years to get there. Um, but now, when you think about supply chain management, which has been in the news a lot lately, right, that real-time data is driven by data standards. It's our um, mission to ensure that the education sector and students in particular and parents benefit from the proliferation of secure real-time, accurate data in the hands of the people that need it and the moment that they need it to change the trajectory of students' lives. So EdFi continues to work very hard um, to reinforce our notion, our proposition, that um, great data in the hands of fantastic teachers leads to great outcomes for students. And we need state agencies, school districts, and education technology partners uh, along with the EdFi Alliance, are, are the only way if we work together, it's the only way we can achieve that vision. Well, thank you so much, Troy, for sharing that vision with us. And we're excited to have had you on this uh, as part of this conversation. So thank you again, Troy Wheeler, president of the EdFi Alliance. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. 
Jason and I will be back with another episode of ID8, Rethinking Data and AI in Education on the first Monday of the month. Until then, all episodes will be available wherever you listen to your podcasts.